In the name of the loving, life-giving, and liberating God, who is Blessed Trinity. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever been around a child who wanted to show off? (laughs) They wanted to make sure that you were looking at them and no one else. And they wanted you to praise them whenever they were finished with whatever they were doing, whether that's sliding down a slide, singing a song, drawing a picture. They wanted you to know that you saw them. On its own, this isn't a bad thing. We are social creatures. It's normal for us to want to be recognized for the things that we do. We should encourage and lift each other up and take pleasure in the things that we enjoy together. But there comes a point when the natural want for recognition and validation becomes the end itself. I'm sure you've seen showing off go wrong before. If that happens, the child is no longer enjoying the activity itself or the growth that comes from that activity, but only wants the attention and the praise that comes with it. This is a surprisingly easy switch to make, even as adults, although it does get a little harder to recognize it when it's in adults. We all want to be good people, and we want others to recognize that we are good people. On its own, this isn't necessarily bad, but it can get easily twisted, just like a childhood drive to show off gone wrong. In the gospel, we hear of certain people who had fallen to just such a temptation. They blew trumpets before giving money to those in need. They prayed loudly in the synagogue or on the street corner, and they went around wearing their fasting like a badge of honor. Now, I doubt, even in Jesus' time, that this particular method of showing off was all that prevalent. Most of us aren't so flagrant in our bids for attention. I'm sure there were some who prompted this portion of the Sermon on the Mount, but I think, in general, we tend to do these same types of things in quieter, less noticeable ways. It's the same with our Isaiah reading. There are those in places of power who would participate in the sacrifices and fast and then return to actively oppressing their workers and ignoring those in need. But we're usually not so apparent or intentional about our faith not matching up with our life. We are more likely, I think, to come to church and simply go through the motions. It might even be with understandable reasons. Maybe we've been running here, there, and everywhere throughout the week and haven't had any space to breathe. Maybe church is the first place where we feel like we can turn off and tune out for a little bit. Maybe we grew up going to church and feel this is simply what's expected of us. We don't know how to get any deeper in our faith. Maybe we've experienced a grief that makes it hard to connect to the service anymore, even though we feel like we should be there. And so the service becomes a placeholder. None of those are shameful places to be. 
They are born of very real circumstances. The point of our readings and of Ash Wednesday itself and the whole of Lent is not to castigate us for missing the mark. The psalm says that the Lord is merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. It can sometimes feel like Lent is instead only about sin and guilt, but Lent is ultimately a time of preparation before Easter. It's a time to remember who we are and whose we are and learn how to live a more authentic life. The somber, introspective tone of Lent can lose itself if we don't remember that it points us to an Easter-shaped life. Now, I grew up in the Methodist church, and so we weren't in super liturgical there. Some Methodists are, and some aren't. Uh, we were kind of in the middle. Um, but we did observe Lent, and I do remember sometimes choosing something to give up, uh, as is tradition in Lent. The tried and true standby, standbys for what to give up during Lent are desserts, or some subset of desserts like chocolate or ice cream, uh, or alcohol. Since I was a child, I gave up desserts most of the time. <laughs> and it felt like a diet every time I did it, even as I got older. Now, I know some people for whom this type of fast is very effective. Bob is the prime example there, giving up ice cream for Lent. But for me, <laughs> it felt like more of something I was doing to be healthy rather than something I was doing for religious re reasons. Choosing something to give up can be a very real spiritual experience or a connection to the needs of others by going without ourselves. It can teach us to let go of ourselves. So if this type of fast works for you, there's no need to change. But it didn't usually work for me. So if you find yourself going through the motions at church, unable to connect with typical fasts, unsure of how church is really transforming you, if it is at all, try to think of what you need in order to be more present. Lent is ultimately about renewal. It's an acknowledgement that we are human, that we get run down, and that we then forget about each other. We forget how to care for each other. We need times in our lives to refocus and restore ourselves because we are dust, the dust of creation, and God delights in reworking us day after day until the image of God shines through. So as you think of Lent, what is it that you need this season to reconnect to God? If you're tired and exhausted, is there something you could cut out to give yourself more rest? Could you look at the things you usually use for rest and determine if there's something else that makes more sense? I know I often go home and watch TV and call that rest, and I don't feel all that rested afterwards. 
If you're grieving, how can you be kind to yourself and care for yourself? Do you need to find a group or a one-on-one relationship to help you through? We have both of those here. Do you need time to spend alone with God, whether to vent or find comfort or both? Figure out what works best for you. What will bring you closer to God? Because the truth is, we can only love and serve God in the world if we are connected to that same source of love. Lent calls us to a place to recognize our own deep need for God, to be mindful of how we are moving through the world and how our actions affect others. It encourages us to reconnect so that we can live Christ-centered, Easter-oriented lives full of love of God and love of neighbor. So how is God inviting you to connect this season? Amen.